Yo. 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 You ready? Yeah, let me go ahead and make this other call. Go and get B on the line. All right. For those of you joining, thank you for coming back. This is DeGrante Jones, and this is Views and News with DeGrante. You know him. You love him. Two Gun Tony is back on the show with me today, and he has a special guest. He has his cousin Brandon. So I don't know Brandon personally, but if it's somebody from Two-Tone family, he's good with me. You know what I mean? And if you remember on the last show, we have Ronaldo on, and Ronaldo did his top. No, we have Rajon on the last show. Hello? Ronaldo was the show before that. Tone. Yo. Brandon. Yo. Yo. All right. Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and have you introduce yourself to the crowd. All right. Um, my name is Brandon, longtime hip hop fan, aficionado, cousin of Tone. He go by the name of B. Lucia. Hello? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Tone, I'm going to let we you go We are ahead and here. Take, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away for a quick second. Okay. Well, last time we did, well, last time we did my top ten, your top ten. Last time we, we did, did my top before. ten, last time you were on the show, Yeah. Yeah, and then the first week we did my top ten right. personal uh, favorite albums of all time. So we're going to let B do his top ten favorite personal hip-hop albums of all time. And not in any order, just your top ten of all time. Okay. You ready, B? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, go ahead and get to it. So uh, so my top ten uh, in no particular order. Uh, would be uh, only built for Cuban links, um, soul food. You gotta go into detail about each one though. Oh, okay. Well, only built for Cuban links. Uh, with that, um, for me personally, that's pretty much like my holy grail as far as hip hop is concerned. As far as like just uh, fly shit, uh, you know, slang, everything they would bring into the table, the, the way it's set up, like the movies, the extra aliases. I feel like it birthed everything from, you know, like 90s Nas, AZ, the firm, all that, all the way up to Jay-Z, Rick Ross, you the know. unquote mafioso rap era. Right, yeah. mafioso rap era. And one thing I can that's say a, for only built for Cuban links is, in my opinion, that's the second best Wu solo album to date. But like I said, it, 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 it'd be the best for me personally. It, it'd be the best for me personally. Me personally, well, that, 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 would be, that would be the best. <laughs> but it's not the only Wu album on my list, though. That's right. That's right. Go ahead. You said number two is um, Soul Food by Goody Mob, right? Yes, yeah, Soul Food by Goody Mob. And why'd you um, make that one? Just everything that the, the Dungeon Family was doing, the Dungeon Family for me, was like the the down south Wu Tang in a sense. Okay. You know, they were street dudes but they were talking about, you know, knowledge itself and talking about real things. But at the same time, you know, they're human so, you know, like fat asses and everything else. But I feel like as far as like that soul food is probably 
the closest thing to, I would say, the South version of It Takes a, a Nation of Millions by Public Enemy or Ice Cube Death Certificate or something like that. I would say Soul Food would be that album for the South. And it was touch on what, horribly oh, go ahead, underrated. Sorry, I said it was horribly underrated. Yes. And to touch on what you said last Sunday, Tone, you said you loved the CD because it talked about real topics. It was a South yeah. CD talking about real topics because at the time, remember, the South was doing, you know, booty shake music and, like, club music. Well, Florida. Florida. Yeah. Because at the same time, it depends on what part of the South you're talking about because you had other regions making different music well, you know, at the that same was, time. That was, what, that was what was big commercially. But, yeah, the stereotype. Yeah, that was all like yeah. you hear on the radio. You didn't really hear, like you might have heard ghetto boys here and there, but you really didn't hear nobody from the south on the radio other than the bass. Music. Yeah, because I was about to, was yeah. about to say at that time, you know, ninety five South was out, and you had um, what's it called, like tag team the, the, and everything represent the, the, the south. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jermaine Dupree had and Lil John had heavy influence on on the sound that was mainstream in Atlanta at the time. Right. So, what do we got for number three? For number three, I'm going with Aquemini. Aquemini, I feel like that's the album that made Outkast who they were. It was like. Like the, like the first two albums, that's not to take anything away from those, because those are both classics as well. But, you know, that first album, you know, everyone, when they come out on the first album, you know, you're hungry. You know, in most cases, you don't have, you know, any real money and stuff like that. You're still, you're still young. You're still trying to figure it out. You know, the second album, you know, you're kind of proving that you can do it again. You know, you're still hungry. But it's, you're coming from a... You're coming from a different angle on the second album. Right. Coming out with, they, go, with their third album. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm going to go ahead and quote what Bun B said. Bun B said, you make your first album for the streets, your neighborhood. Uh-huh. Yeah. You make the second album for the masses. And you make your third album for everybody. Yeah. So, and that's just to paraphrase what Bun B, um, that's just to paraphrase what Bun B said. And 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 that's that's exactly what that was, and that's that and and and, and to touch on what Bun said real quick, and that's that's true in most cases, but in a lot of cases, I I kind of feel like some people kind of take their second, third, fourth, and you know fifth album and make it for everyone else, and then later on start to actually make the album for themselves. Unfortunately, well, it, it depends on what kind of label situation you want too, because right, uh, they was on black labels. So yeah. I think they had a little more leeway to do what they, you know, when you got black labels, they know what black people want to hear. When you're on a white label, they want you to make for the radio. Right. Yeah. For the top 40 spins. But that's but not taking laying out from equipment. I can both of y'all got that on your list. I like the first right. one better because I felt anytime you got people that's 18, 19, 20, and they come out and they shit is, is, Almost as crisp as legends. That's very hard to do. Yeah, of course. That's very hard. Even when Wu Tang first album came out, they wasn't really crisp. They was nice. It was something different, but they wasn't right. like sharp yet. You know what I mean? Outkast yeah. actually very sharp on their first album. 
And I'm going to say something something that I said last, you know, last Monday. I said, basically, Southern Playalistic was the emergence of Big Boy. AT Aliens was the emergence of Andre. They both got on the same page with Equimini, and that's what makes it so perfect to me. Yeah. That's a, so that, that's a very accurate description. So what do we have for number four? <clears throat> number four, we have certificates by Ice Cube. Um, it, for me, let that me was, you off, that let was me like... Off real fast. Go ahead. Let me cut you off real fast. When it came to Ice Cube, I had the hardest time, and I wanted to put death certificate on my list, but I put America's Most Wanted. Please tell us why you put death certificate on your list. <laughs> Because for me, it was like with America Post, that was like his initial transition from like, I guess you could say, uh, kind of like going knucklehead to going into something different right. in a sense. So I could understand like the train of thought, like at that point in time. And it's, a, it's like, it's, for me, it's like definitely is a little more focused, not to take anything away from because most of like death certificate for me it seems like it's it's a little it's a little more focused. Alright, let me ask you a question. Would you feel that his joining the nation of Islam had a major impact on death certificate as opposed to America's most wanted? Definitely. I mean he even has uh Dr. Khalid Muhammad talking on skits, so Yeah, you know, skits. I, I, I yeah. So, I would definitely say that that, that 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 played a major part in it. And another thing about the about like Ice Cube when he came out, like NGO, NWA came out like kind of mid to late eighties. Around the nineties time, you had a, a lot. People were starting to get a lot more socially conscious, and it was a lot. Um, he was hearing a lot more stuff on record than just party stuff or just neighborhood music. Right. And you know what I, I mean? Think that's... He, he, blended, he blended it well. He knows how to blend it well where it's still, you can still rock to it, you can bop to it, you can ride to it, or you can just one sit thing back that and I could, smoke and listen to it. One thing that I could say about America's Most Wanted, I mean, not America's Most Wanted, but Death Certificate is basically when you're hanging out with the bomb squad and you're hanging out with Public Enemy, you get their views rubbed off on you. Because you understand, Public Enemy was, the Public Enemy X-Clan were socially conscious. So, like, when you go from... X-Clan, they was a little, they were socially conscious, but they kind of, I think their look had a lot to do with them not having the success that they could have had. Yeah, the Black Righteous Movement. Yeah. So, but I see I mean, the gangster talking, you know, it was like a gangster talking social shit. Like, you could kind of understand it better because you felt like that was you talking instead of, you know, a little more, the explain was a little more exaggerated. Right. One thing that I do love about Death Certificate was it was giving you social consciousness without being preachy. Yeah. So... And I, it's like I said, through and through, I had the hardest time whether to put Death Certificate on or whether to put America's Most Wanted on. And I put America's Most Wanted on because it was a debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, so I I would agree wholeheartedly with you putting it on your list. I can't get mad at it, and it's not even my list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we're on number five, right? Number five. Yep. Number five. Yep. Number five has to be the War Report CNN. There we go. Like that. Like at the time, like where I was at, like the headspace I was at, and my life when that came out, and I had that on on tape. Like I played that tape until it popped. Like that, just the rawness, the energy, the way that the way that Nori was rhyming at the time, where it'd be like English and Spanish. Like I thought that was so dope. You know, the way poems flow was like I was always a fan of duos, and the way that he just, you know. Was going back and forth like the way they went back and forth and stuff they were talking about. It was authentic. Like I just you could tell that it was authentic and it wasn't and just you know I'm rapping and saying the kind of stuff that's cool. Yeah. And one one thing that you know Tony did say you know last week is at the age that they were speaking on the subjects that they were speaking on at that time was unheard of. Yeah. So, and they were like, um, what was it, 17 and 18 at the time? Yep. Probably when it was recorded, I think when it came out, it was like 18 and 19. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, just the subject matter that they were talking on was unheard of for, you know, young rappers. Because at that time, you had um, groups like Crisscross and groups like Quo and um, the Youngsters, who was around the same yeah. age, but they weren't talking, you know, street talk as CNN was, and that right there blew the frames off of people. It's a Queens band. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Queens band. You know, I'm going to like, say that at work tomorrow. A lot of people Anytime say somebody says that, it. it's a Queens thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a Queens thing. But what do, we, what do we got for number six? For number six, we got Capital Punishment. Mm. Big pun? Cap- Capital punishment, like, yeah. Capital punishment is, I feel, severely underrated. The same thing with just pun and his ability and his whole, you know, career. Like, he, like, the, the thing that I think that a lot of people don't realize or maybe overlook with pun is, Pun is one of those people, like, if he would have still been living today, it would be like when an Andre 3000 verse comes out, like, everybody has to hear it, you know, right. or when M doesn't out any music for a while, and they're like, oh, M dropped the new record, oh, I got to hear it, or Nas, like, that's the kind of person, because they want to hear what he got to say, because when Pun got on a record, he absolutely demolished it, and that was especially true for Capital Punishment, and then the production that he had, like, it was almost kind of similar to like a, a Illmatic kind of situation where you had a lot of top people coming in and wanting to work with this guy because he's so talented. And Lame features gonna... and stuff like that, you know. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm not going to sit there and lie. Capital Punishment had a slow burn with me, if that makes sense. I got the CD, what do you mean by I that? To it. I got the CD and I listened to it about, I want to say maybe 10 times. I'm like, okay, cool, and I would play other shit. It wasn't until I got into, I want to say, my late 20s that I listened to it again, and I was hearing, you know, 
double entendres and the way he twists his, you know, twists his words like Dream Shatterer. My goodness. Yeah. So, and, you know, you sit there and you listen to it. Like I said, at that time when I first heard it, 16 years old, I, I was 16 when it first came out. I didn't understand it as well as I do now. <clears throat> and that's why I say that CD had a slow burn with me. One thing I always said about Pun was he can make the most atrocious things sound funny. That's why I used to like Pun. Yeah. Pun said, smack the baby teeth up out your son mouth. And you asked me to think about smacking somebody's son's baby teeth out their mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And he made, he, he was, I think if Pun was still alive today, he'd probably be on Drink Chaps with Nori talking shit. Like he was, yeah, it, it would probably, it probably been him, and it would probably been those two together, probably. Like he was funny as hell, like just seeing him, like sitting there, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And I mean, one thing he that was a I fun gangster rapper. Um, I was like, one thing that I do respect about him is, anytime you heard somebody talk, you know, tell a story about puns, it was never bad. Uh, it was, you know, it was never bad. Was like you hear bad shit. So what? Like you know. Even if it was like a bad story, like you know, pun somebody pun trying to kidnap uh, who he tried to kidnap. Um, who kid? Who kid? It was funny. You know what I mean? Like, or the time he, he jumped off the balcony. Me. Or the time he jumped off the balcony during um, Fat Joe's performance because there was um, an audience member sitting there booing Fat Joe. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you could picture his big ass jumping off a balcony. <laughs> They're looking like the AirPun logo. Right. <laughs> but, you know, to go back in with um to go back in with Capital Punishment, I think one of the best features ever was on that with him and Black Thought. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, uh anytime you get on a song with Black Thought and you hold your own like that that's saying something. Yeah. So, and, you know, at the time, you know, like when I was 16, forgive me, I didn't understand, you know, full lyricism at the time because, you know, I was real big on No Limit at the time. And it was just like, yo, so this is the hottest shit. So what really put my ear to Pun is when Pun was featured on um, Mr. Servon's track. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and what, was I that, what was the name of that album? Um, Mr. Servon's album was um, The Next Level. It was the second season. Yeah. And, you know, I had to backtrack Pun's catalog. And at this time, you know, he just passed right before, um, what's it called, Serve released his album. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, ooh, I had to go backwards and, you know, the discography. And I'm just like, okay, so I see it. But I, I latched myself to Yeah, Baby more than I latched to Capital Punishment at first. Yeah, me too. I actually like Yeah, Baby more. <laughs> so, and, you know, but Capital Punishment is actually – it's good money on anybody's top ten list. Yeah. So we're at number six. Six or seven? Number six. We yeah. Supreme clientele. No, is it seven? Yeah, we're at seven. We're at seven. That's Supreme clientele. Yeah, that's seven. Supreme clientele. Like, what can we say about Supreme clientele? Everybody that at that time said. <laughs> that's that's an amazing body of work, and the thing that was so crazy about it for me is to hear the um the actual Iron Man cartoon samples being played in there, 
that the, every sample that he had actually had that tape as a child, the cassette tape that had two episodes on it. It right. was on man, and he and it was crazy for me to hear that on a hip hop album. You know, as a what I was. 13, 14 when the album, 14 years old when the album came out. Yeah. And everybody forgets to realize, do you know Supreme Clientele had the first 50 cent disc on the album? Uh-huh. On the track Malcolm, he had the first 50 cent disc. And that goes over a lot of people's head. But what my homeboy Ronaldo said about Supreme Clientele that I agreed with is he said, and quote, you know, it was really Ghost's coming out party. Mm-hmm. By itself, his, yeah. Yeah, that was his first real coming out party because when you look at um, Iron Man, Capadonna and Raekwon helped him carry the CD. Yeah. But this time, Ghost it was, was carrying It was like a continuation on the Cuban links. Right. It was like... The but, one thing about you know, the Supreme Clientel, though, is he did that with, um, that was like one of the uh, albums that had not a lot of rhythm production. Right. Yeah. And it worked. I'm like, story that didn't work. Yeah. And I was watching, um, I'm not sure if y'all watch YouTube a lot, I was watching Ben Reekin when he was breaking down the samples. And Again, you know, when you hear the older tracks that was used, it was very unorthodox. And I was just like, look, this is one of the best CDs ever to come out. And, you know, I'm mad that I didn't put it in my top 10 after, you know, Ronaldo said something about it. Because no matter what you do, also at the time, something. No, go ahead. One thing that people always. Kind of like uh, sleep on the fact that Supreme Clientele is that the fact that that's the second CD. You had the so-called uh, sophomore slump that was notorious that hit everybody. It seems like not necessarily so much groups, but solo acts. It seemed to like <laughs> the second album wasn't as well received. When Ghost dropped Supreme Clientele, it was it was almost unanimous that like this album is better, and it's not even like Iron Man was whack. You know, or right. even mediocre. Like our man was amazing, but then when you when you follow it up with Supreme Clientele after we've seen so many rappers get locked up or go through whatever legal issues and stuff like that, and they come back and you know they lost it or you know it ain't the same anymore. He came back out better, right? And just like Tone said, he didn't have a, a album full of a visual production or even Wu Tang affiliate producers. He had people like Juju making beats. So, you know. Right. So, what do we have as number eight? Number eight, we got uh, Let's Get Free by Derek Chris. Let's Get Free. With that album, it was, that was an album that when it first came out, I remember listening to it and hearing the songs. And, you know, I was young and I was like, oh, that's, you know all that stuff they talk about. I'm I'm not trying to hear that. Like, it's it's cool. Some of the beats are all right, but I'm not trying to hear that. That was something that I more so picked up on when I got older. And Like me and the, Capital Punishment. The, 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 the way, uh, huh? Like me yeah. and Capital Punishment. Yeah. <clears throat> because basically what I did was um, I had a, the 
So I had a job where I was allowed to listen to music as long as I had headphones. So I would just go back and listen to everything I missed. I went back and listened to, you know, everything from, you know, Rakim and Kane's first album, the first, you know, NWA went back and listened to those in depth and, and listened to those with my adult mind now right. versus, you know, kind of listening to it, just trying to be a hip-hop fan when I'm younger and then listening to the stuff now. And that was one of the albums that I came across and I was like, oh, I really slept on this. Like, a lot of the different topics and stuff that they touched on as far as, you know, a lot of the social issues and things that people talk about today, that along with, uh, if you, uh, like, Black on Both Sides by Most Death talked about a lot of issues and stuff that people are talking about now almost 20 years later, they were talking about, you know, in 99 and, you know, 2000. So And, like, and Stickman is so underrated. Yeah, he is. As, as a lyricist, Stickman is so underrated. And a lot of people didn't know they were from the South. Are they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I didn't know. I had no clue. And one, and one actually still lives in Florida. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. What it is, is I think, um, uh, I can't remember who, somebody ended up moving to Brooklyn. And that's, that's basically how, like, you know, they were living in Brooklyn for a long time. So people thought that, you know, that they were from New York, but they're actually from the South. And the thing about Brooklyn, Brooklyn always had a big, like, uh, I want to say, uh, always had, like, a big, more so conscious population than any other, other boroughs. Right, right. Yeah. So, actually, let's get Brooklyn. Because Brooklyn is a larger area. Like, a lot of people, when they talk about black stuff and they talk about New York and as far as, like, Staples, they normally talk about Harlem. But Harlem, you know, actuality is, is, is basically almost like a neighborhood within a borough. Brooklyn is the right. whole borough itself as mm. opposed to just being like a neighborhood. So, And I think it's very interesting that you had that album in your top ten due to the simple fact that, you know, when people, you know, mention their top ten, you rarely get mention of Dead Prez at all. You don't. So that's why I find it interesting and you know, being interested in being in your top ten because, you know, when you said that it's just like my heart sunk and I'm just like, ooh. You know what you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, a lot of that you gotta give a lot of credit to uh Steve Rifkin. Yeah. Steve Rifkin was a white guy who was scared to put out Yeah, he he like look at all the groups he put out. Wu Tang, Pun. My beat, dead prayers. Pete Rock was on loud. Like those are the alcoholics. The alcoholics. You know, it's you David put out that made. Yeah, he had music. David Banner and yeah. Three Six Mafia. Yeah, because uh, David Banner actually, uh, Nori uh, was saying that to David Banner that uh, because you know because of the, the subject matter that uh, like the David Banner and, and uh, dead prayers uh, having their music and the stuff that they do, Steve Rifkin thought that they didn't like him. But, you know, they have the utmost respect for Steve listening. Like, they, like, you know, it's not like, it's, it's, it's not that kind of situation. You know, they, Steve, Steve thought that they didn't like him, but, you know, they actually love and have a lot of respect for Steve listening. So, 
But he did, yeah, he, because he did put out a lot, a lot of, of people don't re- what a lot of people don't realize about loud records is Steve Ripkin gave his people seventy and he took thirty, and that was very unorthodox in the business at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so for him to say, "Hey, look, I'm taking thirty, and you get seventy percent." How do you think you know people who, you know, people you know release their second CDs because they had the funds, because Steve took a pay cut, mm-hmm. or even the fact that he allowed the clan to go out and pursue their own <clears throat> solo deals that was also big, also because most of the time when you get a group, you got everybody, you have their solo rights and everything, also, and he allowed mm-hmm. them to be able to go out and. And get their, you know, he negotiated with them to go ahead for them to be able to go out and get their own uh, solo deals and just, you know, function on the loud as a group and they could do whatever else they want to do in their own time as far as their solos go. And that's and big. That's dope too. And that's big. So we're on number nine, right? <clears throat> yep. We're on nine or ten? Nah. Uh, What's number nine? So with this, so with this one, this one is this one is kind of a, uh, I would have to say a, 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 a last minute addition, and I, and I and I fought with this one. You know, I kind of went back and forth, but I would have to say uh, Nas lost tapes. I told you, Tone. And the reason why. Well, let me say something. I told you, Tone. I said <laughs> that we couldn't put compilations on a top ten. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so, you so, that off? So I'll take it off. No, don't take it off. No, make it your no. honorable mention. We'll go and talk about it now. Just make it your honorable <laughs> mention. Okay. 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 We'll, we'll make talk it honorable about it now, mention. though. So, why'd you okay. make the lost tapes? Tony, listen. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I took the lost tapes is because, and I, and I always say this, I feel like. Nas is he he's almost like someone like uh like a Kevin Garnett or someone like that. Or even, you know, LeBron James the first seven years. Got all the talent in the world, but whoever he got around him, they are trash. Like I don't like I don't understand. Like that was one of the first times that was like as far as like I feel like his music was, you know, outside of Illmatic and you know, and like it was written was completely you know, packaged correctly the way that it should have been as far as sequencing, production, you know, all that. Like Listen, it's, Tone. You can let it, you know, you can let it ride straight all the way through. Now, I didn't know that, that, that you couldn't put in, but I wouldn't necessarily consider that a compilation because there's no other uh, artist on there. There's not a mixtape or anything like that. Well, but, you know, it, it kind of played like a mixtape because it was stuff from previous recordings. You know what I right. mean? That's but, the only but, reason but, I said that. So Brandon, let me yeah. let me tell you let me tell you why I love the lost the lost tapes. To me, it is one of his most complete body of works. Yeah. I mean, you got drunk by myself, completely honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do rags, black zombie. You know, no ideas original, and all these are on the same CD. You had the song Fetus yeah. on there. Papa was a player. Like, this was one of Nas's most honest CDs without even being intentionally honest. <clears throat> By far. Because, the, like, 
And that just lets you that just goes to show you Nas is such a versatile MC that even his studio throwaways are better than some of the artists' releases. You know picked releases. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened last let me tell you what happened last week. When I did my top ten, the moment I said Nas a lot of tapes, Tone says, uh uh-uh, uh, we can't do that because that's a compilation. <laughs> That's a compilation. <laughs> so, but lucky, lucky for me, I already had an honorable mention in tow. <laughs> so I was able to get so to it. So, what's your number you nine? Because that's his honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so my number, number nine, nine. This is going to be another one that's this 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 that's probably going to be uh looked at as very interesting. But my number nine. Would have to be Killer Mike. I pledge allegiance to the grind, part two. And I don't even want to crazy for that. that. <laughs> I don't even but look at you crazy but that's for my that, number but, nine. But guess what? What you know that falls into a compilation, right? Why would that be? Why would that be considered a compilation? Because those are studio uh, throwaways. <clears throat> Well, I think I think when he put "I'm the shit" on there was, was the only like studio throwaway, but everything else was, to my understanding, was originally recorded at that time. Uh, uh-uh. he, he only recorded one. two tracks for that. He only recorded two tracks for that album, but everything else was studio throwaways. Because remember, he had an album that got shelved by Purple Ribbon. Yeah. So the album that got shelved by Purple Ribbon turned into that CD, and he added two new tracks. Oh, I'm giving you background. Well, see, that's a that's a tricky situation right there. <laughs> that's a tricky situation right there because is it a compilation because he took most of it from a shell CD and put it out independently? You know what I mean? Well, well, hold up. Well, I, see, also, no, I see what you're saying. Let me say this though. Let me say this though. But I've actually heard that album. That album that you're talking about, Plain Devil's Advocate. The they had the song uh, "Ghetto Warfare" with uh, with MOP on it. It was Ghetto Extraordinaire. Those songs weren't on Ghetto Extraordinaire. Then. But you know, Plain Devil's Advocate, the tone. If it's a <laughs> shelf CD that was not released, is releasing it on your own independent label, releasing it as an album, is what he's saying. <laughs> is that correct? Yeah, because that album was recorded between '04 and '06, and then it uh, came out in '06. So, right. See, that's tricky. That's a tricky one. See, when but you when didn't, but you didn't know it was a shelf album, did you? But I knew it was recorded over a period of time. I never thought about the shelf album then. You know, because it came out okay. independently. Right. But like with the compilation, you know, most of the time compilations are. They're not even put together by the artists. They're like money makers, like a greatest hits. You know what I mean? Like something that yeah. Jay Prince so, does. Yeah, so like the Pledge of Allegiance 20 and the, the Lost Tapes is kind of tricky. It's a tricky situation. Because well, Lost Tapes is better than most, you know, better than most albums. Pledge of Allegiance right. Run is better my, than most albums. To my understanding, the lost tapes was to get him out of this deal with Columbia, correct? That was part of it, yeah. Yeah, okay, just making sure. Yeah, that was to get him out of his deal with Columbia. 
Okay, I got it. So gotta, you know we, what? We define that compilation. It's it's not a compilation. Yeah. Tone <laughs> has a point. It's like tone has a point, and I can always admit when I'm wrong. Tone has a point, and it's that's your number nine. <laughs> okay. I, I I feel like that album pretty much uh, led him to because well, I always do Killer Mike was nice. Like I always like like. I, I remember there was a point like when when Monster his first album was coming out and the same way that people checked for certain verses like I was ready for him to get on somebody's record because I knew he was gonna smash it like that's why I, I like I always waited for like even the Outcast record the whole world that he won the Grammy for he had the best verse on it right and he's talking about a song with Outcast and he had the best verse like so I feel like that was you know especially with him putting that out on his own, you know, I feel like it was it was a complete body of work and even though I think that uh that rap music is a better album, you know, as far as like sonically and and, and everything, uh Pledge Leading to the Grind, like that's that that was definitely the the, the precursor to to everything that, that he has going on now. So and it was a double I thought, too, right? Like yeah. Huh? No, no, it was one. No, no, it was, was only um, one. It was only one. One. Oh, two CDs. It was two CDs. Not. No, yeah. I don't think it was when it originally dropped. Yeah, it was two CDs because I'm literally I listened to it last week. Part it was two, two CDs. One CD. Part huh? one was two CDs. Part one was two CDs. Part two was one CD. Wait, did yeah, he say part, part one or part two? Is two? The one I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Part two. so that one. Okay, so part two was part two was an actual album. So he's right. Yeah. See, I'm yeah, talking about a... part one the whole time. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I'm talking so about part two. Okay. Yeah, part two was an actual okay. album. So yeah, that that falls into the category. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, because part one was um, both of the discs were the shelved album. Yeah. 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 Part one was. Yeah. And it had, okay, it had so part two was yeah. Kryptonite on it. Yeah, part two was yeah. Part two, yeah. part two, part two did have a throwaway record on there though. It had I'm the shit, and that was on the uh, on the killer tape they had with uh, with uh, Trendsetter with Sense mm. back in '06, and that was on there. All right, so yeah, we can and give you credit for that. That was on Ghetto Explored. That was on Ghetto Explored, man. So, but yeah, part two. Yeah, part two was an actual album, so yeah. So what do we have as your last but not least? Last but not least, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that my number 10 will probably have to be Blueprint. Uh, Wait, did you clear your throat tone? (laughs) Yeah. That did. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> I really wasn't. Good album. Great album. I I wasn't expecting it from you, B. So, I mean, how could, like, it's, like, Blueprint at number 10. For one, let me say this before you go into detail. Are you saying that Blueprint is Jay-Z's best album? No. Okay. Okay, because no. I was about to say now you're jumping ahead and, because I had I had a question game for us. Now you're jumping ahead, Tony. 
But no, but see, I don't necessarily feel like these are like with the exception of of uh maybe Raekwon, I don't feel like these are anybody's best necessarily their best album. It's just okay. my personal These are just favorite. the top ten that resonate with you. Yeah, I was just asking that for blueprint because I wasn't a okay. critic. Yeah. No, with right, blueprint, so like the blueprint? that was for me. I I, I don't feel the same way about Jay Z that a lot of people do. I started to appreciate Jay Z's work, like certain things more so when I got older. But there's still certain albums that I just don't. I feel Volume One was weak. I feel Volume Three was weak. Dynasty, I love. You know, I always loved Dynasty, but you know. That wasn't really supposed to be his album, so I never really include that. That was supposed to be setting up Bleach and, and Beans and everybody, so I never right. really include that. So, you know, I, and Volume 2 got a couple of songs on there that I could get, you know, you could take off of me. So I kind of feel like his career was kind of weak after Reasonable Doubt. Like, it was shaky to me. Like, you know, he made a lot of good big records and, you know, you know, he did his thing and he proved that he could still spit on certain records. But I feel like when he did Blueprint, like, he proved why he was worthy of the praise. And then with, you know, Ghost being my favorite rapper and those beats allegedly being made for him, I, it was, you know, that's, it was like almost like a no-brainer for me. Right. And here's what I would say about the Blueprint that I sonically enjoy. The Blueprint was his first, in my opinion, his first album that had no boundaries. Whatever he wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. he could have. So, I mean... It's my favorite Jay-Z album. It's my favorite Jay-Z album. You said The Blueprint's your favorite Jay-Z yeah, album? Blueprint? Yeah. <clears throat> so... And the reason I say it's my favorite Jay-Z album is because, I, I, like Brandon was saying, I was waiting for Ghostface to jump out at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Soul samples? Yeah, I really was. I was waiting for one, you know, somewhere. Somewhere. All right. Remember when I said you're jumping ahead? Uh-huh. I was going to do a new segment called, you know, Four Or. And what it is uh-huh. is I asked four questions, such and such or such and such. And y'all explain y'all's answer. And the first question in four or was actually the blueprint or reasonable doubt. <laughs> but, hold, but, 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 but I don't know. But see, that's the thing. I might choose. I think I would probably choose. Well, what, well, what is the? What are you choosing it based off of? I mean, based on which one you rock more, which one you like more, four or the blueprint or reasonable doubt. That's all the question is. Which one do you prefer, the blueprint or blueprint. reasonable doubt, and why? Like I, I love Reasonable Doubt for a long time, but, but Blueprint, like, I, like Jay was still kind of doing the, uh, you know, the skip scat rapping, you know, on Reasonable Doubt on right. the record. I prefer his flow much more on Blueprint than I do on Reasonable Doubt. Tone. I'd go with Reasonable Doubt, and oh, the, and, and that's my only reason that I would choose Blueprint over Reasonable Doubt is because of, he still had that. That 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 weird flow a little bit. I go. I myself go with reasonable doubt. Um, only because I always base a lot of CDs on what I could grab real quick. Like I got a ton of CDs in front of me, and I'm just gonna grab some shit and take it in the car with me. 
Right. I think I would grab Reasonable Doubt over the Blueprint. Right. The Blueprint and is me, my favorite Jay-Z album, too. So, like I said, and me, I'm a, I'm not of liberty to answer these questions because I'm asked these every show, and I don't want to repeat myself <laughs> every show. But uh, since this is the first time that I'm really doing this, I'll go ahead and say which one is mine. And out of both CDs, I prefer to listen to Reasonable Doubt, and I'll tell you why. It's nothing, nothing against the blueprint. I love the blueprint. But Reasonable Doubt, to me, had more relatable tracks. When you listen to Bring It On featuring, you know, Sauce Money and Jazzo, when you listen to Regrets, just the storyline is just incredible. Politics as usual. It had some of Jay-Z's best production on a CD, and that was his first album. And you knocked it out the park on your first album. So, of course, by the time you get to the Blueprint, we expect you to carry that level. And that's why I put Reasonable Doubt over the Blueprint. <clears throat> Are y'all ready for the next question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mo's Def or Talib Quilly? Damn. Go ahead. Oh, that's, that's easy for me. Most. Go ahead. Why? Most. Like, I feel like as far as, like, I think lyrically, like, as far as being, like, a lyricist and using certain, well, no, I won't even say that because I can't even say that that's totally true. I, 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 I think most, I feel like his music, like, I just, I feel most music a whole lot more than I do college like I don't know what it is but like just like even like simple stuff like when he did like like records he did like beef like which wasn't even like almost not even really like a real record it was almost just kind of like a freestyle and just the kind of stuff he was talking about like that was that kind of goes back to like what I was saying like even though most had songs like Miss Fat Booty and stuff like that the kind of shit most been talking about is you know the kind of stuff that's you know, cool nowadays and stuff like that. But I think that he he does it in a in a way the way he still keeps it like straight hip hop. You know, I I feel like you know Tyler he kind of sometimes he he kind of goes off with his flow and gets a little you know weird. But as far as being able to uh, you know break stuff down, make a good song and still actually be talking about something without sounding, you know, too preachy or anything like that. I feel like most does a better job. So I would pick him over right. Tyler. Tone? Oh. I'm going to go with Tyler Pully. Only because I'm going to say I'm, I like both of them, but I'm not really a fan of either one of them. To where I buy their music <laughs> like that, you know what I mean. But yeah. in saying that too, Reflection Eternal with High Tech is one of my favorite albums of all time. But I didn't put it on the list because that's one of those albums like you know I go listen to that by myself somewhere. You know what I mean? And uh, I just I like telling. I don't know. That's hard. That's real hard because I'm well, I'm going with Tyler just because. Yeah, it's not. Like, I just like Tyler because he's kind of choppy, like Norley used to be. And, and uh, his voice is, is unique. Both of them got a unique voice. So, you know, Tyler just has like a, uh, you know, it's just a unique voice. And uh, I don't know. I, I go with Tyler. This one was a hard Even though I like. 
I said, this one was the hardest for me because when you think of both artists, most definitely talent quality, they're both, you know, talented, gifted. But when at the end of the day, when I thought about it, I said, you know, who has better CDs? And I would much rather listen to Quality, The Beautiful Struggle, or Eardrum. Nothing against most mm. deaf. But Talib can release a complete CD. Most deaf will jump on this subject, carry you here, take you back to the beginning, take you back to the middle, take you to the end, then take you back to the middle, then take you back to the end again, where there's no cohesion in his <laughs> albums. And that's the only reason why I picked Talib, because Talib releases better CDs. Mm. <clears throat> so, like, even when I did this, it's just like, do I pick Mo's death because I, you know, respect his lyricism more, or do I pick, you know, so on and so on? But, you know, like you said, if you were going to grab a stack of CDs to leave the house with, the only most deaf CD I would probably pick up is the new danger to bring in a car with me, but I can pick up the beautiful struggle. I can pick up quality and I can pick up eardrum and just take those easily mm. <clears throat> without batting an eye. So like, like, I got said, a this was, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Finish. Cause I was going to no, go, no, off, no, go ahead. No, I said finish. Cause I was going to go totally off subject. No, go ahead, off, go ahead off subject. We can go back to four or in a second. Who's the first female rapper that you wanted to have a crush on or have sex with? I'm just taking it there because that's what I do. No product. <laughs> Easy. Snow the product. Who? Snow the product. That's your name. Really? I know who that is. And that's the first female rapper you ever, no gangsta boo, no nothing like that, none of them. You talk about all to all, like, since you were young. All time? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you got to understand, we came up in an era where Queen Latifah was dressing up in tuxedo suits and shit. <laughs> MC Light had all the big baggy clothes, <laughs> you know? Uh, all you love but you, but you did have salt and pepper. Huh? Yeah. You did have salt and pepper. Nah, because I was actually gonna say Pepper was my first one. Like Pepper was like the first, one of the first like hip hop people I saw. Period. Like, and I was like, I like she like she looked good. Like that bitch's arms were huge. But like as far as like when I actually like as far as like when it actually mattered, I'd have to say Kim. Really? You know what? Let me go. Hardcore album cover. Yeah. 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 Like no, let me go. I was like, go back. I was probably. I was probably. 11 or 12 years old when that came out. Yeah, Lil' Kim Hawthorne. Yeah, that, that. Mm. Let, let mm. me go back. The best in Vogue and all it that shit? Yeah. For me, it had to be Salt. Yeah, Salt. Yeah, Red. Salt was nice. Yeah, Red, she had that she, short hair. She looked, like a, she looked like a little Debbie Allen. Right. Right. Yeah, I say, I say it was Salt. Mm. Hands down. Even when she so, was, so you know, do, went so to the you know, like religion and she did stomp with Kirk Franklin, I was just like, yeah, she could still get it. Mm. Huh, let me see oh, who yeah. I would pick. I asked a question now. Y'all got me thinking of really thinking about it. The first on, so who would you rapper pick? Like, 
like, honestly, like, I'm, I'm saying, like, this was, like, the first one I ever, like, looked at and was, like, she's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Even as a kid, I probably would have to say, it might sound weird, it was the breath. The breath? Mm-hmm. That's not the first huh. time I, that, I, that, I, that I've heard somebody say that. And the thing that's crazy about that is after I heard people say that, then I started looking at it differently because the, because that's I, I I can't even say that against that because there was a point in time like you know because I listened to the bread and stuff like that and I kind of looked at her like a homegirl like I didn't look at it like oh she yeah, but like she looked said, like a boy and things. yeah but like she said like you know they was wearing shit different back then but like yeah. I saw it. As a kid, and then when she came out and we're unrestricted, showed her body, we're, we're undisputed, we're unrestricted, Und- unrestricted, unrestricted, I, something like I, that. I, I had to throw my hands up in the air. I was like, I always knew it, baby. I knew you had it. Here's the fucking thing, though. I remember um, they were on um, BET for something. I think it was Rap City, and mm-hmm. her and JD were sitting by, the, you know, sitting on the couch. And I just happened to walk by the living room, and I'm glancing at the TV, and I couldn't tell which one was which at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny era. The early '90s, you know, TLC had on the big, the big, yeah, the big shorts. But... <clears throat> Yo, you could still that, see that they was fine. <clears throat> but here's the thing: remember the hat to the back video? Uh. The hat to the back video is the first time that you saw them in girly clothes. And I remember uh, looking at left eye, and I was like, what? You know, I was always on t I got That was mine. That's because you look like it, Mac it was Tindy. About, it was, yeah, it was something about them with <laughs> blonde hair coming on. I just, you know, I was a dirty little kid. You right. know. Hold on. To um, I remember the first time seeing Left Eye and the Hat to the Back video, and I'm just like, "What?" Because remember, in the middle of the video, they all had black dresses on. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at the curves, and I'm just like, "Jesus fucking Christ!" And then the <laughs> video came out, you know, two years later. But the reason I asked that question is to show how even back then, what females dressing boyish. They're right. still sexy to us, whereas now these bitches be naked. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like are we are we checking them first because they they look good? Are we checking for them because they can actually spit? And I think that's the problem. Now you you getting the eye candy first, and then you're being like, oh well, she can actually rap. Where before it was, you got the talent first. Then, yeah, because I remember I remember the first time I seen Iggy Azalea. And I was like, yo, this broad's bad. You know what I mean? And then when you heard her, she was trash. And, you know, so that's, 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 that's kind of the trickery with what they do. Like, they, you know, they just kind of throw them out there like a piece of meat, and it's not really, ain't talking about nothing. You know, like, they, they, they but, it's, but it's like that with even, like, with the male rappers now, too, and that's, like, a lot of my issue with they... You know, you know, no disrespect to you know, like people like Bun and his views on stuff, and you know, people getting money and stuff like that. Like I understand all that, but at the same time, is these 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 rappers now, like they're not being they're not really being marketed. They're not really being put out there as rappers. They just pretty much marketing tools. Like they just use them to sell different products. Like it ain't really about. 
there's no grooming stage anymore. There's no grooming stage when it comes to talent. Right. You know what I mean? Like people nowadays don't even know how to do an interview and sound like they know what they talk about with their own music. You know what I mean? Right. And that and that goes back to like how the female artists are now. It's like you you gotta show some titties to get noticed. And then they start to like you. But before it was like these girls were actually spitting. Like even like Mia X, even when she was like all plump, I wanted that. But it was because you listened <laughs> to her X, rapping though. first. Yeah, and you listened to her rapping first, she was killing it. You know right. what I mean? But she don't get her respect. Like she's one of the best female rappers ever. I, yeah. And I and Hands like down. I said last week, she is, in my opinion, the best female rapper. That's she just my be, opinion, though. Now, with that, now, are you talking about body of work wise? All time, body of work of all time, featured, you know, featured spots okay. of all time. In my opinion, she is the best female rapper of all time. If if if, if you if you if you talking body of work, I definitely agree with that. If you talking, I mean, you gotta, body of work, I, you gotta look at Good Girl Gone Bad, unladylike, Mama Drama. She doesn't have a bad CD. And, you, and the yeah. thing about Mia X is, you could put her on a song with any so-called hardest rapper, and she's killing it. And like she's one of the dudes, but she's still a girl with it. And right. it's not like she was forcing herself to sound like you know. What I mean, like anybody next to her. And it's it's so funny. I mean? It's so funny because um, what's it called? Remember the station WPAL? Way back when we were in high school. Yeah. They used to play "You Don't Want to Go to War." You know off of the Unladylike album. And the thing about it was, even when the thunder comes in and she's like, Mama! She commanded the fucking stage. And if you watch mm-hmm. any, if you watch any No Limit, you know, concert where Mia X was on there, she was wa- rocking around, bopping around like a dude, but she still had, like Tone says, she still had sex appeal. Because <clears throat> she was a real hip-hop artist. Yeah, and she, she you know, she made crap. the bigger... It wasn't about... She made the bigger figure in hip hop sexy. Mm-hmm. So. She's still sexy. Oh yeah, she is. Have you have you seen her recently? Yeah. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. But yeah, so, that's what I said. Let me, let me ask all this since we're on the topic of female MCs. I'm listening. Who today? And I don't mean anybody that's, you know, been out for, uh, you know, for some time. And the reason why I say that is because I want to exclude Remy because I would put Remy in, in the list. But as far as, like, as far as the, as the female rappers that are out today, who do y'all see that's actually still, you know, like, do Like, who like who would you say, like, as far as, like, female MCs? Raps. What's out there? And, yeah. I agree. Rhapsody. Who? Hands down. Rhapsody? Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Mm. And she's um, from the Carolina. So you got you got to give it up for her. Oh, yeah, that's right. She is. She's North Carolina. <clears throat> that's a hard here's the thing about Here's the thing about Rhapsody. She could spit. She could do poetry. She could sing. And that's just like Mia X. Somebody who respects the craft. 
you gotta give out somebody who respects it. I don't keep up with any female rappers like today to uh, really say anything. But do you know how scar- do you know how scarce female rap is right now? It's, they're yeah. taking the categories away from the Grammys. Mm. The MTV Video Awards and Music Awards used to have a female rapper category. That's been stripped because they're so scarce. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's just like who so do how we do, have? How do y'all feel about how do y'all feel about Cardi B? I hate her. You hate her. I hate her. And only for the fact that you know you started out as a stripper, then on love and hip hop, and now you're trying to make a lane as a rapper. If you listen to the song Bodak Yellow, she Jack Kodak Blacks. Oh God, what was the name of the song? Like, it's a direct rip. I, I'll get the name of the song in a minute. But it's a direct rip of a Kodak Black song. <clears throat> well, you really can't put in the stripper part because uh, he was a stripper. Yeah. Yeah, but he can also flow. Yes, he can. <clears throat> Eve can spit her ass I think off. The, I think the times of hip-hop today is just so weird. Like... It's just weird nowadays. It's very weird. I don't yeah, understand because, uh, it myself. Here's, here's, and here's the thing that I've said, you know, before about hip-hop music nowadays. It's like a hot pocket. It's something quick, fast. If you're hungry, you got it, go eat it. Nobody's taking their time to make a meal. No labels are taking their time to make a meal. The last complete solid, the last solid project I've heard was Dave East. And that's because Nas has a part in it. Mm. <clears throat> it's just like nobody's really taking the time no more to make good music. Well, you know, this I, is the I, one thing I'll say about it. I think that I agree and I disagree. I think the main thing is like, especially like for, especially like for our demographic, like people that actually listen to hip hop, grew up listening to hip hop, and have been listening to it for, you know, 15 years plus, you know, 20 years plus, that kind of thing. I feel like at this point that I don't feel that we should necessarily go to, I think we should look to the radio and stuff like that to, to kind of dictate what's hip hop or, or anything like that. Well, you never really I think that's the, what no one really matters because, hey, because I think that I'm, I'm talking the same amount music, like, music as I always have, like, I feel like with the fact that, you know, now the stuff that I may be buying may not be all over the radio or or, or even have a single out that anybody can identify with, you know what I'm saying? But well, I think thing. that it's still <clears throat> enough stuff out there to consume that's actually great. Nowadays, you can tell the understudies, you know, the people who study the craft. Like, Gold Link is phenomenal. If you ever listen to his CD, his CD is fucking incredible. Not only is he spitting, he has a proper ear for beats, and he can construct a whole CD. Never heard of him. <clears throat> Gold yeah, Link is um, from Washington, D.C. You just put me on something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Go ahead. what I put you on? I, you, Gold Link? That's good. That's and like like you saying that that put me on something that I didn't know anything about. One like, if y'all ever I get a, said, if oh, y'all ahead, ever get a chance, 
if you ever get a chance to listen to Gold Link CD, it will remind you of, you know, a little bit of Andre 3000, a little bit of You God. You know, oh, it's, Lord. don't say nothing. You know how I feel about You God. Yeah. I got B, if you didn't know, God You God story. is my favorite member of the Woo. I never thought I, I'd meet the day where, where a part of the game where I, where I hear somebody say this. Mm. Are you serious? Mm. If I'm yeah, lying, I'm flying, it looks like I'm sitting down right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never thought I'd meet the day where I hear somebody say this. Listen, him saying that you got us his favorite member of Wu-Tang, I can have a whole hour just roasting you next time. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go there. No, I not. might. You might not never want me on again. You, we still let's cool. You still my nigga. Right. right. Come on, man. We think so much. You got. You got <laughs> I've met. I've met you. Got in person three times, and he's a fucking jerk. How's Lamont? <laughs> you Lamont? What's his name? Lamont Hawkins. Lamont yeah. Hawkins. He's a. He's a jerk. He's like, uh, like I was happy to meet him when I met him. And then it was like, yo, this dude's a jerk. <laughs> he the wackest dude in the clan. Only reason he was in the clan because Cat was locked up. <laughs> God. Yeah, I said it. And Timothy <laughs> fell asleep recording the mystery and text boxing. That's why you in the group. You can't tell me that his first triumph wasn't fucking dynamic. I don't even care. You God is yeah yeah it was he, he, yeah I'm about to say you yeah, say yeah. you don't care but the thing about it is you didn't disagree. <laughs> no, I didn't disagree. Like you know he had his he had his moments. So you, but here's the thing though, Triumph, everybody. I, I think everybody, that he, I think that he might have had the best verse on Black Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, he might have. He might have had you. the best verse on Black Jesus. It, yeah, how about this? Name name a name a song off one of his albums. Well, see, I did. Yeah, see how long it took? See how long Why it took? Yeah. <laughs> Golden, Arm, Golden, yeah. Golden Arms Redemption wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. I mean, it's no it was, it was, it was only built for Cuban links, but... <laughs> yeah. It's no Supreme clientele. Hell, it's not even to yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not even... Uh, it's not even to Cal 2000. Oh, it's not even GQ Wu. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Everybody, like like I said, man, my show's unbiased. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. And I know my boy Ronaldo's probably listening right now, shaking his head in shame. I'm a, yeah, I'm a little perplexed right now. Why you God out of all oh, ten of them and you pick you God? Why? Well, what started me with you God what, what, is basically versus triumph. Okay. That's what, what started me. What did other members do to you that made you like you got the best? What did they do to you? It's, they didn't have. They didn't have to do nothing. They didn't do anything. <laughs> they didn't do anything. That's just like you know. When you got a dynamic group, somebody has to support the underdog. <laughs> well, my underdog like, is a second deck. 
No, and Spencer Jack's not an underdog. I say Master Killer's an underdog. <laughs> no, nah, like people don't really like people don't realize how good Deck is. <clears throat> but that's like, not being an underdog. He, that's being underrated. You're underrated. I, I don't yeah. can't even consider. Yeah, he's still kind of an underdog. But Deck have you ever heard the original amazing. verse? Uh, have you ever heard his original verse on Tupac's "I Got My Mind Made Up"? Nah. I, I gotta find it for you. Man. I gotta find it for you, and I gotta send you the link. But Who Inspector Deck killed that shit. The only, part that they, the only part that they kept in, um, the only, the only part of his that was originally kept is, you know, at the end when he goes, "I ain't that's the rebel." And that's all they kept. That's all they kept. Deck killed all his verses though, and but nobody gives him his props. What, triumph? All his verses. Huh? Oh, man. It's yeah, like, like my boy Ronaldo was saying the other night. They made t-shirts off that verse. I was about to say, it's like my boy Ronaldo was saying the other night. It's just like he came in and he killed you to the left. And Method Man had to come back and bring you in like, okay, guys, listen to this. <laughs> and, and, and when people don't realize, like, Deck is actually, for most people, the First Wu Tang member that anybody ever solo heard. Album. No, that anybody ever heard when he yeah, came he on. The first I smoke one. on the mic like smoking Joe Frazier. He's like the first one we ever heard. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's he right. He did his verse before anybody. That's right. And then, but you know, that's why I got well, you guard. Say what? Can't can't go with you guard. Listen, man, we're, we're past that right now. We we got past that. We're talking about INS right now. Yeah, this is going to have me stressed. I'm stressed out. Don't do that. I can't find my cigarette. All right, if it makes you feel better, I mean, if it makes you feel better, we can change the subject, and I can tell you that Havoc's my favorite member of Mob Deep. See, that that that, that, that makes sense. Okay, good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like you got is you got is the silk of Wu Tang Clan. <clears throat> you wouldn't you wouldn't say it's Master Killer. You wouldn't say it's nah. Master Killer. Nah, see, oh, Master man. Killer like is the, he's like the OG. He comes through. He's a little different. You know what I mean? He slides in and slides out. <laughs> you got it's just like. Man, y'all can't find nobody else to do this. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like, I don't feel, I never felt like you have to come up with the rap. I don't want to hear that. Shout out to Lamont, though. Yeah, shout out Lamont Hawkins. Lamont, if you're listening, somebody likes you, dude. He had the best verse on Black Jesus. He had the hands down. Like, if I was asked my, yeah. if I was asking my homeboy, Rich, what you guys doing now? My homeboy Rich will say something to the nature of he's probably changing oil at Jiffy Lube. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So you gonna work that White Castle? You, I would. I just don't. You know what? I just don't like if you that. Guys. If that story circulated, I'd believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd believe it because. It's funny, me. It's funny because I was locked up earlier this year, right? <clears throat> let Let me tell y'all a story. Let's have story time real fast. I was locked up this year, right? Over, you know, it was a case that I beat. But long story short, 
there was this there was these two guys in there and their names were Glennis and Lennis Brown. And they would always come they would always come up to my thing cuz you know I would always sit there and you know I'd quote lyrics, right? So they would always come up to my bed and they would like beatbox and everything and they would rap. And I'm like yeah, that's cool and all, but why are y'all doing this? He goes, oh, well, we used to rap. We used to have a major label, you know, major label deal with Profile Records back in the 80s, and our name was Twin Hype. I was like, okay, so you had a major label deal. You know, what's both of y'all doing in jail at the same time? Because, you know, it's weird, yeah. twins being in jail at the same time. It's just like, well, you know, we didn't get picked up, and I tried to go solo and so on and so on, and, you know, we just got, you know, jobs doing this, doing that, so on and so on. So when we were just talking about you, God, it can happen. <laughs> and these, and it's so funny because when I got out of jail, I looked these dudes up, Twin Hype, on, um, <clears throat> what's it called? I looked them up on YouTube. They had videos on Yo! MTV Jams. They had, you know, top-selling singles. They released, you know, an album that was number three on the rap charts in the 80s. And I'm just like, shit, it can happen. So when you said that about you, God, I'm like, well, shit, it can happen. It can happen. We never know. This man might be a grill operator at Waffle House right now cooking up a <laughs> damn bacon, egg, and cheese. Licking the best bacon, egg, and cheese you ever had. <laughs> I, would, I would really hope that he has, would not have fallen off to that kind of point. Yeah, have you heard of DNA? I'll tell you one thing. Well, you know, that's, that's more so drug-related. Okay. That's like that. that has to be a confusion. Yeah. Like DMX is all Whitney. Oh damn! He's all Whitney. You know, so you say he's gonna be he's gonna be found dead in the bathtub soon. Nah, I I I I I, I wouldn't say Whitney. Huh? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't compare him to Whitney. Okay, so who would you compare him to then? Like of our generation? Ozzy Osbourne. Nah, because, like, you know, DMX, DMX was like, he is like a king of rap. And his rap didn't even really stand that long. You know, well, he's I mean? the first, you know, I will say that because he's the first rap artist to debut with five number one albums. And then they have two in the same year as a new album. Yeah. Two in the same year. And then they come back and have a third one. And then they have a right. fourth one. And a fifth one. Right, and then just want to smoke a little bit too much crack, and then just you know, I, I think it just got too much for him because he was always smoking. Like, yeah, but you know, like with, with any, with any, like that's a, like that's like that's a, like he he really going through something. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he didn't have the good, that. like he, he didn't have people like, around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like with Whitney, Whitney, Whitney got on that. Like Whitney wasn't always was always doing drugs. Like he's always been doing drugs. Like he that's something he always been going through. Like Whitney, I think she more so. Well, you know, they, you know they, they come from two different environments. Right. It's a, it's a you know it's a uh, you know it's a violence. But with any substance, it can just ruin your career. You can have the best voice in the world, and that one pack of Newports can just destroy your own voice. Look at David Ruffin. You know. Yeah. And he, you know, he, his nose was always filled up too. Right. Ruffin, David Ruffin. Yeah. You know things like that. Like, but DMX had a, a, a 
Was it was like ninety nine to do two thousand five? No, ninety eight. Remember, he released two number one. That's he released two number one albums in ninety eight. But that's a short period of time. Just like right. Tupac was from like ninety one to ninety six. You know how short of a period of time that is. Right. To be that good to do what you did, DMX did that just like Pac. He was that good to do. He did in that short amount of time. Then after that, and Biggie from like, ninety four to ninety seven. Yeah. Like when well, you could do something like it. that in that short of period of time. I was say, but great. the bad part about it is X is still alive. Yeah, <clears throat> but his career. So, so it's like, why couldn't he carry the torch? At what point in his career did he go wrong? Because he was putting the torch to that glass pipe. Yeah. It's just like, at what point in your career? I think he needs better people around him. You know, I don't think his career, like, I think, like, I feel like if you next locked in the studio with, like, like, Swiss and Big Geese, like, I feel like they could still make a comparable project because I don't think that anybody fell off. Like, it's just a matter of getting him focused. Like, let me stop you right there. Hip hop is an unforgiving genre. If you disappear for two years, you've already got somebody, at least three people replacing your, you know, taking your place. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is the moment you decide to step out the throne and sit somewhere, unless your name is Eminem, you will easily be forgotten about. Easily. And, you know, people like Jay-Z can take a break. Do you know why? Because he's seen in other ways other than rapping. M can take a break because he manages careers and he can be seen in other ways other than rapping. DMX did not have, you know, a fruitful label where he has successful people under him. DMX was always reliant on a label. And how can someone who doesn't understand label politics run a label? That's the difference between, you know, your DMXs and your Jay-Zs and your M&Ms. Because even when Jay-Z wasn't releasing music, he had artists that he can put out in his place. When M wasn't releasing music, he had artists he could put out in his place. DMX had a label, but who did he ever put out? <clears throat> he, so, ever, he had a label, but none of the artists, like, I don't even remember their name. The only artist I remember is Ka- Cashmere Royale, and that's because he lived right next Young to Bird. me in New Jersey. Young Bird. Young Bird. Yeah, but Young Bird. He was Iceberg. He was Iceberg. Yeah, but he oh, took himself off because well, actually, I think his mother did it. His, his, his mother did because he was still young, and it was basically like a, a lot of the stuff that I, I guess that that he was talking about and stuff. He cause he kind of come from you know, the privileged background, talking about stupid yeah, but like I, you know, and that's like I said. But the thing about it is, what I said is, hip hop is an unforgiving genre. If who's who's hot right now? If whoever, let's just say Kodak Black. If Kodak Black was to disappear for five years, I can't say that Kodak Black is hot Say what? I have to just I have to disagree with that. Would so who would you say is hot right now? Disagree with with. with, with. 
I got one thing to say. Let's not never say Kodak Black's name on here again. Okay, let's not do that. Let's not give him no shine. I yeah. All right, I'm down. I'm down for that. No, who who would you say is the hottest rapper right now? The hottest right now. See, that depends on what you're talking about. Because it's so fucked up. Okay, well, let's just use. Let's just use Cardi B. You talking about who's really making money and who's selling records? Like then that's a different conversation. She's, she's the number two. She has the number two track in the United States right now, behind Taylor Swift. She got a hot. She got a hot song. Okay, so let's just say Cardi B was to disappear from five years for five years. Go let's completely just say she disappeared for five minutes. Yeah, let's just say she disappeared for five minutes. Go completely obsolete. Not release back. anything. No. Say what? So, so, so those are the kind of people we talking about. I would yeah, say like the hottest person, the hottest people right now are really the people who make the type of music that they really want to make. Your Kendricks, your J. Cole. Logic. Um, yeah. That's... Like really, in actuality, because they, they're like, you know, like a Jay-Z and I, they could go from, they're not just like hot in the black community. They done transcended everywhere. Where and, and not just that, they put out their albums every couple of years. <laughs> you know, they do. They don't. They're not dropping that project every year. They're not. But you gotta, you gotta remember when DMX fell off the map. He fell off the map. I want to say around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? And nobody after heard Grand from. Champ. Yeah, after Grand Champ, because he released the greatest hits album after that, and okay. fell off the map. And then you're the dog again. And but that didn't really go over too well. Right. So, and uh, God, because um, Year of the Dog again got released the same day as um, Ice Cube CD. And I remember going in um, Circuit City when they were still around, and I picked up Ice Cube CD and I looked at DMX. And I'm just like, eh, and just walked yeah, let, to the front. Let me, let me say one thing. Shout out to Circuit City for helping me save save a lot of money from buying whack albums because you can listen to them before you buy them. Right. <laughs> they had that station. Yep. Shout out to Second City for saving me thousands of dollars. So, but remember, DMX released that CD the same day. Oh, God, what Ice Cube CD was? It wasn't raw footage. It was an album before that. It wasn't War and Peace. It wasn't War and Peace. It was the album after that. It was in between uh, War and Peace and raw footage. I can't remember the name of that one. Yeah, I can tell you the cover and everything. I I, I know what you're talking about, though. See, everybody knows what I'm That's talking why about. That's <laughs> they make Google. Go ahead and go to Google. you don't know, just Google. Go ahead and go to Google. But I got an Android, so people going to say my shit going slow. No, you good, homie. <laughs> Me and Danny just had this big discussion the other day about my galaxy. But if you, we if you look know, at it, so, so, tried to pull a gun on me in the house. Uh, okay, that it got a little. Those are all lies. Those are <laughs> all lies. You, so let me, so let me tell you what I really said. That, was it I am the West? I no, it wasn't I am the West. I am the, the, the West came out after raw footage. Um, Laugh now, cry later came out in '06. That's it. If you look at laugh now, okay. cry later. And look at the date of um, Year of the Dog again. They both came out on the same day. 
And I remember walking June into the 6th. CD store. Say what? June 6th. June 6th. Yeah, it was 666. Mm. It was 666. I remember now. Because I had to get my car service, and I went to Circuit City afterwards. And I remember looking at that CD and then looking at DMX's CD, and I'm just like, nah, I'm riding with Cube today. You know you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, DMX actually came on August 1st. Did he? Mm-hmm. Then what CD came? It was another artist that came out. I can't remember what artist it was, but he he was released with another rap CD. And I is remember. Somebody getting a right there? Say what? Is somebody getting a cat? No. Is that a dog? Okay. But I remember no. that he came out with another artist, and I'm just like, nah, I'm going to ride with this person today. And I listened to DMX on a shelf. And I remember when DMX's greatest hits came out, like a year later, I looked at it, and I'm like, nah, I'm not getting that. And then he came out with a CD, what was it, in 2012? That made no noise. <clears throat> oh, uh, what was the name of it? Undisputed. Undisputed, yeah, because it had a um, black and red cover. Mm-hmm. That made no noise. But that was like that was after he was already on TV doing all kind of crazy stuff. But the thing, like I said, hip hop is had a unfor- TV show. Yeah, hip hop is an unforgiven genre. It doesn't matter how many times you were number one. If you were to disappear or release a whack product. No artist is checking for you. It could be your last. Exactly. Like, look at Ja Rule's blood in my eye. That was the beginning of the end. I actually never heard that album. You're not missing nothing. Nah. I would keep it. I would keep it that way of never hearing. I've never heard what album? Blood in my eye. By Ja Rule. <laughs> so, uh, I heard. A couple of records off it. The thing about it is, at the time, I heard it when it came out, so I don't know how I feel about listening to it now. But I feel like like that album was actually not bad. The 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 issue with it was is that at that point in time, 50. it was just already over. No, it was a hate fifty album. Yeah, but it was back to like the more aggressive. You know, it was the it was the pre uh, love ballad, uh, new and improved LL Cool J uh, Ja Rule. It was right, more so, me, you know. Actually, you know what? Let me go ahead and give shout out to Fifty Cent, and here's why: Fifty Cent clown Ja Rule for singing on a record, being so you know sensitive, this that, and the third. But and then came and did the same same shit. shit. <laughs> if I was the best friend. And then you had the song Follow My Lead with Robin Thicke, Peep Show. (laughs) Can't wait. No, it wasn't Peep Show. It was like Amusement Park. Yeah. I mean, but a a lot of the stuff that he came out with was like, like, I don't know. I feel like like his music might have been softer, you know, and he had like a lot of soft music. What he had the regular Sierra, I can't leave you alone. Like I got a question for both of y'all. Why nobody could get Richard Die Trying on their top ten? <clears throat> I'll tell you why. Get Richard Die Trying. Good C D. But I can't call it great because there was too many tracks that I skipped. Mm-hmm. And one of the things for me to have a top ten C D is if I can listen from track no one to the end, 
or at uh, least skip one track, then you have the right to be in my top ten. Mm-hmm. But there was too many skippable tracks on there for me. Now, B, why wasn't it in your top ten? I have to say the same thing. Like, like when it first, like when it first came out, like I was, a, I was a senior in high school when that came out, and it was and the hype. I remember, like, I remember yeah. leaving school early to get the CD. I was and working at Best Buy at I mean, the time. At, 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 at the time when it came out, <clears throat> you want to you want to know something funny? You was doing the security thing at Best Buy, right? Yeah. You was controlling the cameras? I'm trying yeah. to figure out why I didn't steal out of Best Buy and you was working the cameras. <laughs> like, why, did, why wasn't I taking advantage of that situation? I don't know. Exactly. But um, like, my story my story with 50 Cent, Get Richard, I trying is I was working at Best Buy at the time. My brother was working there also. And I remember we knew that CD was going to sell. We hid ours, like, in the country section because you weren't allowed to buy <laughs> yeah, things until you got off of work. We used to do the same thing. We used to hide CDs in the weirdest section. In the weirdest section. So we hid ours in the country section because we weren't allowed to buy shit until we got off of work, and we knew that CD was going to sell. You know where I used to hide my CDs in Best Buy? Behind, um, behind the movies. Behind the movies. Behind the Disney movies, I would hide the CDs. Right? You know, this is going to be totally off subject of the show. Do you know there are places in Best Buy that you can go and steal because there are no cameras there? What are you telling me now? Why wasn't you telling me that before? Because they were paying me. Oh, man. But, you know... There was a there's a lot of CDs that you know people had in their top ten that I'm just like nah I can't even put that in mind because there's too many skippable tracks like you see like Rolling Stone like you said you hate Rolling Stone Rolling Stone top ten X Y Z CD and I'm like I can't even put that on the list like everybody's like Stankoni is such a good album but there's too many tracks I skip on it yeah that's my least favorite Outkast album. That's your least? I, I put, I put that at the bottom. Idlewild was I, on my list. I, I, the reason why I don't like the concept is because I, I, I always look at that as like consistent. Like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, movie. that's a soundtrack. That's, that, yeah. And the movie was like, a, a, you know, it was a different kind of movie. Right. But Idlewild is my least favorite Outkast album. Yeah, if you, if you include that, then, you know, if, if, then, yeah, then I will put that in there. And then, but you know, but you know, like everybody puts, you know, Stankoni in their top ten. And I'm like, I can't do that. And like, there's so many CDs that everybody has in their top ten, and I'm just like, nah, that I skip too many tracks. Mm-hmm. Let me ask y'all a question real fast. What is y'all's guilty pleasure album? An album that if you were to put a, an album, if you were to say right now, I'd look at you and be like, the fuck? Does it have to be a song or a whole album? It, either or. <clears throat> My guilty pleasure song is Girl by, by O-Town. By who? O-Town. Oh, what? O-Town. That's my shit. Oh, oh I thought you were oh, going wow. to talk about some hip-hop shit. Oh, no, it, it could be, be anything. anything. 
and next week I'll sing it live. Oh, no. Because I like it like that. Oh. <laughs> B, what's your guilty pleasure, man? I'm trying to think. You're trying to think? I'll Everybody tell you all mine right that now. One song. I'll tell you all mine right now. It's Copacabana by Barry Manilow. Oh, I, uh, I don't even mm. I Cabana is so ill. See, if I you got talk, a lot of man, them. I got a lot of them. Yeah, like, it's hard for me to say guilty pleasure because I'm Tom, not. Because if I like it, Tom, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to be on the show tomorrow night. We're going to do the top 10 guilty pleasure list. B, you, you down? Top 10 guilty pleasure. What time? You down? What time? Like I can what give time? y'all a top ten guilty. I'll give y'all a top ten guilty pleasure tomorrow because shit, I got plenty of them. Oh, you want to do that on Wednesday? Oh yeah, let's do that on Wednesday. Oh no, what, what, what time are you gonna be around tomorrow, V? Like after nine. Okay. We'll do it tomorrow. Top ten guilty pleasure. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, man, I, I, I gotta I, wrap I got, it up, guys. I got it. I got to wrap tonight up, man. But join in tomorrow night. Top 10 guilty pleasures. Tone, it's always a pleasure. Yes. B, you'll be on tomorrow night. Tell people how they can find you on social media. Uh, B underscore Lucini at, um, on Instagram. Um. That's pretty much that's about it right now. That's one thing I'm doing on um, social media. How about your carbon twelve? And then um also you can check out uh check the movement out online also, uh Carbon Twelve on Instagram is at Carbon with K K A R B O N two underscores and twelve the number on Instagram. All right. More Thank you all so much. Thing. Remember tomorrow night, get your guilty pleasure top tens in. All right. All right. All right, and we're out, all right? Peace. Later.